nothing to prove to you. Hello, this is Wes. And this is Adam. And we are Comic Book Cabinet. And today we are exploring Captain Marvel. And when we say Captain Marvel, we're actually talking about Carol Danvers from Marvel, not Shazam from DC. Or Fawcett Comics. Or Flash Comics. Or any other Captain Marvel, either, from Marvel Comics, too. Right. There are several different versions. We're going to touch on a few of them. But today, we are specifically focusing on Carol Danvers. And you mentioned DC and Fawcett just a second ago. There's a thing. It's a whole big thing. And we talked about it last week with Shazam and all of the legal issues that surrounded DC suing Fawcett, Fawcett giving up in 51, then DC doesn't actually acquire the Shazam name or Captain Marvel until like, what, 1971? Yeah, yeah, that's about right. So that whole dead period, Marvel showed up and decided to start producing Captain Marvel comics. Marvel. Yes, and the actual name is Marvel, and he is Captain Marvel. So by actually producing Captain Marvel comics, there was nobody to uh, like sue them over the name of Captain Marvel because nobody else was really producing them at this time. So they gained trademark copyright. I, I'm not. Re- I'm not a lawyer. Don't ever believe anything I say and take it into a court of law. I'm not really sure. But by producing the name Captain Marvel, they gained the trademark. They gained. They probably filed for a copyright as well, and they gained it. DC couldn't sue them over it until 1971, and by then it's too late. Gotcha. So that is why Marvel, Marvel Comics, has a Captain Marvel, as well as DC has a Captain Marvel. So now that we have all this legal mumbo-jumbo completely cleared up, clear as mud, I'm sure, let's get into Marvell. His writer is Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Stan the man created Marvell, and it was designed by Gene Colan. Colan? Adam? Colan is how I'm going to go with that. I dig it. Uh, then you also have Carol Danvers, who was created by the writer Roy Thomas. And also designed by Gene Colan. So Marvel first appeared in Marvel Superheroes number twelve. Carol Danvers shows up in number thirteen. So let's get into the Empire. So far, let's talk about the original Captain Adam. What do you know about him? Well, the original Captain was a uh, basically a Cree warrior named Marvel. First name Mar, last name Vel is how I'm guessing you could say that. Or first name with a dash. Kinda I like that to too. Mar dash Vel. Originally, the Kree Empire had sent Marvel out along with a patrol unit, basically, to take over Earth. He is being sent onto Earth to kind of infiltrate, get an idea, lay of the land. And he is actually, it's interesting because he stumbles across, like, I guess, a military base. It's a missile base. It's yeah. Kennedy Air Force Base, basically. Yeah, and they're able to pick up on him because his suit is leaking radiation. And that radiation is what kept their rocket from being shot off. And they are able to discover within like a couple of minutes of this rocket failing that there is someone out there on the grounds with radiation leaking. So they go after him. And this is also when we meet Luke. And this is also when we meet Carol Danvers, who is the security leader of the facility. It uh, kind of amazed me that they introduced Carol Danvers 
so early in the Marvel comics. Yeah, I'll be honest. This was actually the first character out of all of the ones we've read that I just haven't done a lot of reading on in general. I've read about Carol Danvers here and there, uh, but I didn't know that she was actually in the first appearance along with the original Captain Marvel as well. Uh, but Marvel being a Cree, he's superhuman strength because of the gravitational differences between their planet and our planet. He's got super tech, you know, he's got these, um, I think they're called negabonds that he wears on his wrists. I think the negabands come in later. Right now they're like uh, modifications of his uni unibeam, universal right. beam that can do basically anything. You can blow stuff up, you can put it back together, it's whatever you want it to do. But he, he has a lot of different little neat quirks and talents. I mean, he is, for all intents and purposes, I mean, a pretty powerful individual on Earth at this point in time in comics. And then he gets screwed because there's a love triangle and stuff. Of course, so there's always got to be something. There's always love triangles yeah. in the super old comics, but he's in love with, uh, I think it's Medic Una and Vron Yogg, who is his overarching nemesis, is the captain of this squadron who sends him away so that way Vron Rog can date Medic Una. I mean, it's just a silly love triangle. What are you calling him? Vron Rog, isn't that how you say Jan it? Jan Rog. Jan Rog. Because it's a Y at the beginning. Ah. Uh -huh. Yon Rog. Yon Rog. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And uh, after he kind of deal, after he being Captain Marvel deals with all of this love triangle and stuff, uh, he winds up having his own run for a super long time. He winds up dying uh, thanks to some cancer from another character, and it's all very sad. But we're not going to get into that. That's another episode. Totally another episode. We are so, focusing on Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers. But we want to talk about some other Captain Marvels, so yeah. let's talk about your favorite, Monica Rambo. Yeah, Monica Rambeau is definitely one of my favorite Captain Marvels. I wish that there was more of her out there. There's just not a whole lot of Monica in this world, and there needs to be. She showed up on the scene around 1982, and it, they pretty much introduced her in a Spider-Man annual issue, and they gave her a completely different storyline. Uh, she was actually going out as a spy to investigate some fuel tankered out in the middle of the ocean. I believe it's owned by Roxxon, who has come up several times throughout this history of Marvel that we've done throughout this season. Especially in Spider-Man comics. Absolutely. Um, so she has been sent out there to spy on them, and there is a device that they've got that's going to cause some communication issues in the airlines, and there's basically the device blows up and she gets her powers. It's a pretty neat storyline. It's actually, and you had mentioned this before, it's pretty similar to how Carol Danvers gets her powers originally. Especially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the movie, and the way that they copied it off of the old comics from where... Carol Danvers gets her powers by Captain Marvel's arch nemesis, Jan Rog, has an exploding device that does the same thing to her. So it's kind of weird. It's almost like they took Captain Marvel's storyline and uh, Monica Rambeau's and smashed them together, and that's how Carol Danvers got her storyline. And there. then you told me that Monica Rambeau actually has made it into the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as the daughter of one of Carol Danvers' friends. Yes, that's absolutely right. So in the MCU, Carol Danvers' best friend, throughout the entire movie has a daughter named Monica Rambeau. It's a great tie-in. I think it's going to be a great setup in the MCU. I mean, they could be setting her up to be Miss Marvel. Because right now we're watching their transition into a new phase in the MCU, and they're bringing in different characters, and Captain America's moving on to different types of, or different uh, individual. And so we could do this. In 10 years, yeah. the girl that plays Monica Rambeau now will be grown, right. and it will be a perfect transition into a new Captain Marvel. Anyway, that's stuff to talk about later. Next we have Genus, who is also from the planet Kree, sorta. Uh, he's actually an interesting version of Captain Marvel that comes around sometime in like 1993, I believe. But he is actually a test tube baby. He's artificially generated using the DNA from Marvel. 
His mother carries him to term. He's born. He has the same DNA structure as Marvel. So he becomes this Captain America character or Captain America, Captain Marvel character for a little while. And the, you know, I love the way that they introduced Genus too, because it's in a Silver Surfer annual. And it's just this random, like the front page, I, I think it's the first two or three pages actually. It's deep diving into this reveal of the Silver Surfer basically going to the ass crack of nowhere to find this degenerate in the <laughs> middle of this bar who's like in the middle of cheating a bunch of guys in cards. Yeah. He picks him up and he's like, You're going to save the universe, pal. You know, I mean, it was just kind of this comical, like, What? <laughs> Stop this cheating. Yeah. And it turns out that he had been like adopted by this other guy and he had raised him as his son and he was just kind of this shit bag of a father and never around and then you know they bring him back to his home and his mom is like yeah actually you're a test tube baby yeah you don't have a father your father is actually captain marvel and yeah that's why you have things and then he gets the bands that match the powers of captain marvel and he decides to accept the name right. that's kind of, of a an actually overarching theme throughout the captain marvel stuff even into carol danvers is some character inheriting this namesake that captain marvel held when you know they either didn't really know who he was, other than just knowing that he was a hero, or didn't spend a whole lot of time with him, other than Carol herself, who ultimately spent the most amount of time with him, but they have these issues with saying like, "Oh, well, don't call me Captain Marvel. I'm not deserving of that name." Because Marvel was such a great person; he had right. a good personality. He knew what was right from wrong. Uh, talking about switching back and forth, Monica Rambo had that same problem too. She had the name for a little while, and then she gave it up, and then Genus took the name for a little while, and. It went back and forth. It's all very confusing. Yeah, and there's even a point in time where Captain America is out on patrol and duty with Captain Marvel, and there are people that are like, oh, Captain America, who's that new sidekick of yours? And he keeps telling her, like, you have to take the name Captain Marvel. You can't just keep being Miss Marvel, you know? So now that we have a good grasp on the various different Captain Marvels in the universe, let's talk about some of his and hers uh, famous villains over the years. Let's start with the very first villain that Captain Marvel ever had to deal with, and that was Yon Rog. Yeah, who is actually Captain Marvel's own boss. I mean, he's the colonel in the Kree army. He's the one that sent him to Earth, and he was the one that wanted to break Marvel away from Medic Yuna. And Yon Rog just continuously shows up in this poor guy's life and then carries over into Carol Danvers' life. I mean, ultimately, he's the reason she's got her powers. You know, she was involved in an incident where one of his machines blew up that was intended to kill Captain Marvell. She was in the midst of this blast, and as they're flying away, their genetics basically fuse, and that's how she gets her powers. At least that was the original storyline for Carol Danvers. And by fighting Yon Rog, Captain Marvell is actually fighting the Kree army at this point. He's determined, uh, it's determined that he is a traitor. Yep. So they send Ronan the Accuser after him, and he shows up quite a bit as well, even in the MCU. Yeah, and Ronan the Accuser, a lot of you folks will actually recognize him from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he was also in Captain Marvel's movie, but only for a brief moment. They just kind of make a mention about Ronan. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ronan the Accuser's been around in Marvel's history for a long time. He's just as strong as Captain Marvel. He seems to even have an upper hand on him at some times. But he is sent to just destroy the traitor and take him out of uh, existence. And then, of course, whenever you're dealing with the Kree, you have the Supreme Intelligence. The Supreme Intelligence is basically a, a conglomerate of a bunch of different Kree minds from all over the centuries. They've been preserved forever as kind of this one collected ideology of Kree. Uh, that this, this intelligence consistently tries to, I would almost say, manipulate the Cree history. Like they're always trying to intervene where they feel like they need to or work with a certain individual. Uh, they are, they can be bad news. And by they, it's him or it. 
yeah, it's a I single mean, entity by this point. It communicates like almost a one-on-one kind of deal. Uh, in fact, when they first introduce the supreme intelligence, it's on. Uh, I forget what planet. I think they actually made it back to Hala at this point, which is where Captain uh, Marvel is from. But uh, when he goes to have this meeting with the Supreme Intelligence, they make a big deal about the fact that the Supreme Intelligence can can uh, project any thought, any consideration onto the metallo plate. And you're like, the metallo plate? What are they talking about? And then you finally see it drawn. It's just a like, TV. Oh, it's a TV. Yeah. I get you. I mean, it's... It's 1970, people. Right? right. Everybody knows what a TV is. Right. Yeah, but no, that's great. Here, it's the Mentalo plate. I love that. And of course, you know, with Captain Marvel, and obviously from here on out, we're pretty much only going to be talking about Carol Danvers, you've got your general slew of villains. I mean, she fights off against Thanos. She fights off against MODOK and Galactus. And she's involved with so many villains that at this point, it would just take us forever to get through them all. But those are some pretty big hitters, and I'm sure you all have heard of. And most of that is with the other teams in the Marvel Universe. Absolutely. Uh, the Avengers, the Ultimates at some point. What are some other teams that she's uh, I mean, of? she's worked with the Guardians of the Galaxy. She's worked with the X-Men, like, she's part of so many teams, it's almost, the the list is incredibly extensive. It kind of reminds me a lot of, like, Wolverine. Wolverine works with a lot of different teams as well. So she's someone that you see often with a bunch of these different teams. Alright, Wes, we've talked quite a bit about all the Captain Marvels, and we've talked a decent amount about all of the villains. Let's get caught up on what is going on with Carol Danvers now. Take us back to the beginning, and let's get our fans caught up. In the beginning... Carol Danvers was born to some loving parent. No, we'll just go ahead and skip all the way until she's an adult. She is actually the security lead at the Kennedy Air Force Base that Captain Marvel has infiltrated. That's where they meet. They start working together and they develop a relationship beyond the professional. Cap- Carol Danvers and Marvel actually fall in love. So when Marvel dies later in his issues, uh, there's a hole that is left in the entire superhero universe, and Carol Danvers specifically. She has great respect for the name, as everybody does. Granted, some other people take the name in between, but in the end, she is fighting with Captain America. And uh, the guy that they are taking down, they're having a, almost this entire conversation while they fight, because that's what you do when you're superheroes. You can talk about mundane, everyday things and kill, take out the big bad guy. And Captain America is insisting that Carol Danvers takes the name of Captain Marvel. She refuses a couple times, but in the end, she relinquishes and says, yes, I will have this name. Absolutely. And there have actually been times when it's come up even previous to that. Carol Danvers actually spent a little bit of time in some Spider-Man issues uh, working for J. Jonah Jameson, of all people. She Which, shows up at the bugle. Yeah. How did, we read so much Spider-Man earlier uh, in our very first episode oh so long ago now. How did we not read about a Carol? Or maybe she was in the background and we just never saw it. I mean, to be fair, our format's changed a lot since episode <laughs> one. A little bit. Yeah, so we we might have missed a few things when it came to Spider-Man, but I just thought it was interesting. I mean, she ends up fighting off against Scorpion in this series with Spider-Man, and he ends up actually you know, calling her Captain Marvel. And J. Jonah Jameson hires... Carol Danvers to investigate Captain Marvel and they've got some weird amnesia stuff going on and you know it all gets resolved but ultimately she does accept the name and I'll tell you one of my favorite storylines that they've done with her shortly after uh, all of the Spider-Man issues whereas whenever she goes back in time I mean she she's like test piloting one of her famous she's test piloting one of her heroes planes that they had like basically received 
from a museum. And as she's test piloting it, it sends her back in time and she ends up meeting her hero, Helen Cobb. And at the end of the entire adventure, they end up back in the cave right there watching Captain Marvel get hit by yon machine while holding Carol Danvers. And her, her hero, Helen Cobb, tells her, hey, you've got the chance to save yourself. You know, you can go ahead and save yourself from this kind of life if this is not what you want. She chooses it anyways. And I think that speaks pretty big, you know, and I think that even speaks more about her as we kind of lead into one of her bigger appearances in the Marvel Universe, which is Civil War II. This is when she has created the Ultimates team. She's found an inhuman that can possibly predict the future, and she's wanting to take advantage of that and be the hero before she can even be the hero. And this is several years after the original Civil War that happened basically between Iron Man and Captain America, which we discussed, I believe, in the Spider-Man episode. All those episodes ago. Ugh, yeah, my bro- blows my mind. It feels like it was almost a year ago at this point. I think it was almost a year ago <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's been only 12 weeks or so for our listeners. Thank goodness for you guys. Uh, and by this point, the Marvel Universe is split into several different factions. You've got Avengers and you've got X-Men who have existed since pretty much the beginning of the Marvel uh, comic book series. They've been around for a long time. But now they've introduced uh, the Ultimates. Which who is, is Carol Danvers' new team of heroes that she's trying to lead. Sort of like her Avengers. But also you have the Inhumans who are which, sort of like the X-Men, but yeah, not really. They're, they're Marvel's uh, answer to not owning the you know, movie rights to the word X-Men. And then you have Guardians of the Galaxy are involved, as well as uh, The entire nation of Wakanda, yeah. <laughs> thanks to Black Panther being around. Uh, so you have all these different factions that are vying for power, and they all have their own wants and needs and uh, political intrigues that are going on, not only within, but between the different groups. And the craziest thing is, is that they've all been there before. I mean, they've all fought on one side or the other during the first Civil War. So they are in another position where they are having to fight each other over opinions of power, really. And what has happened in the beginning to start Civil War II, to start the conflict between two individuals, a Terrigen cloud has visited the University of Ohio. And we talked about the Inhumans. This is how Inhumans are created, is a cloud washes over. Those that have the DNA already in their structure get into this like big cocoon and when they emerge they typically have some sort of superpower some sort of mutation that gives them something yeah and we've got a whole list of inhumans at this point that have already been established in the world such as black adam and medusa karnak is one of my favorites he's an awesome awesome inhuman uh but in this issue in civil war ii we're possibly introduced to one of the most important inhumans of all time and his name is ulysses and he actually, like I mentioned earlier, has the ability to see the, into the future, or what we later find out is the probability to see into the future. Uh, but, you know, he's taken in by the Inhumans, who, like I mentioned, are led by Medusa and Black Adam, and he has a prediction that Thanos is going to visit Earth. Turns out that he's right, and, you know, like I mentioned, Captain Marvel wants to be ahead of these things. She wants to be a hero before the heroes have a chance to react. So they're right there in the middle of this scene when Thanos shows up, and they're able to kick his ass, but unfortunately, a couple people get hurt. Specifically, She-Hulk and Rhodey, who we all know is Iron Man's best friend, War Machine. Arthur Rose. And he's not just hurt, he's actually killed in the fight with Thanos. And it's this amazing comic book panel of Thanos actually punching Rhodey out of War Machine. And it's a big explosion. Oh, it's and nasty. Silhouettes. It's pretty gruesome, but at the same time, just uh, it's... 
it's artistically pleasing. The whole story is opened up upon a court case where we actually see She-Hulk defending uh, someone that used to be a villain and has just talked about villainous things and doing them, just talking with someone else about it, but not actually acting on it. However, because he's a previous villain, they want to throw him in the locker for it. She-Hulk feels like, you know, you shouldn't be able to put someone in prison for something they haven't done yet. Just because they've talked about it doesn't mean they're guilty. And that ultimately is the entire premise of Civil War II. If we could see the future and know you're going to kill someone, should you be arrested before you get it done? If it's a definite possibility, I say, yeah, go for it. But, but we find out with Ulysses is that it's just a probability. Yes, he was right with Thanos showing up at that exact place at that exact time. But then you get Iron Man involved. And, you know, he's all about freedom of choice now and not being forced to do anything. And that the fact that you should not be convicted for something you might do because it may not happen. He actually winds up uh, kidnapping Ulysses from the Inhumans, which pisses off the Inhumans to make them mad at the Avengers who are going to back up Iron Man. And he, okay, this might be a slight plot hole, but we're just going to accept the fact that Iron Man is able to bring Ulysses into Stark Tower, download Ulysses' entire brain, and allow Friday, his new AI, to figure everything out. Yeah. Like, pretty much overnight, there's a scene where Iron Man's just standing there, and Friday's like, oh, hey, Tony, I figured out that brain you wanted me to scan, and all of the way that it works. When, it, I mean, it's just another comic book thing, right? We're, we're going to accept it, right. and we're going to move right. on past it. Uh, it's an algorithm. Uh, basically, Ulysses can take in all of this information all over the universe and put it together and say, this will probably happen. And it's not just that either. His power slowly starts to evolve over time to the point where whenever he has one of these visions, he is able to imprint it on everyone else. So everybody experiences it. They all see it as it's happening. And he has a vision of the Hulk killing almost everybody that he's around at this point in time that have come to rescue him from Iron Man. Yeah, it's this envision with dead people around Hulk. So they're going to go and arrest Hulk. It's all of the superhumans show up, all of them, Inhumans, Ultimates, Avengers, X-Men, everybody is there because they're trying to arrest Hulk, who is just Bruce Banner at this point, who has agreed to not become Hulk again, who has locked himself away in a laboratory to not be Hulk. Been experimenting on himself for over a year now, though, we find out. And as Iron Man shows up to try and protect his old buddy, you know, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, flies in, and she's ready to just throw the Hulk in the slammer and make sure that he doesn't have anyone to kill. They're all arguing out on the front base when the Hulk just gets shot in the head. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. It is. It's Bruce Banner. It's not the Hulk at this point in time. And it's really sad, too, because, you know, Iron Man's actually questioning him, like, you would never kill us. You would never do any of this stuff. And he's like, well, actually, Tony, I have been experimenting on myself, and it's kind of, you know, like, maybe I shouldn't have been doing this. And then, ultimately, Hawkeye ends up shooting Bruce Banner and murdering and killing him. And Hawkeye is arrested. He is put on trial. They go through the entire process, and it comes out that Hawkeye was actually asked by Bruce Banner if I ever become Hulk again, and I am hurting people, use this item, and he hands Hawkeye an item, and shoot me with this. Kill me. Take me out. I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. So Hawkeye, this has happened. Hawkeye is acquitted. Absolutely. And there's a lot of arguing and fighting over what they should do with this new inhuman and his abilities. I mean, how should they handle his visions? Because ultimately, Iron Man says that if they hadn't shown up, 
then Hulk would not have been murdered. Bruce Banner never would have been murdered. Ultimately, if they hadn't shown up to fight Thanos, Rhodey would not be dead. She-Hulk would not now be in a coma. I mean, there are all these things happening because Carol Danvers is paying attention to these visions. So they end up fighting over all of this, and during the fight, they actually have another vision imprinted on them, and it's this vision of Miles Morales, who is the Spider-Man in this story, holding a dead Captain America, and it looks like he's just brutally murdered Captain America. And this leads down a whole other story where they're now trying to protect Miles Morales because Carol Danvers cannot give up. She has to arrest Spider-Man. You've got to arrest him because we've seen what he's going to do. Even Captain America sees what he's going to do. We have to stop whatever's going to happen no matter what. Right. And, and, you know, that's the way that she thinks the heroes should act. And there are a lot of people that completely disagree with this and to the point where they're able to get Miles Morales away from her. And it leads to a final showdown between Captain Marvel and Iron Man at Capitol Hill. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to the day of the visions. Captain America is there and they're, they're talking, they're hanging out, trying to, you know, like, hey, I would never do this. You know, I wouldn't do this. And Captain America goes, yeah, I know you wouldn't do this. And Carol Danvers lands, and that's when Tony comes out of nowhere in what looks like a Hulk buster, but it's like a Carol buster. <laughs> right. It's kind of the same machine. It's probably a very slightly different version of the Hulk buster. Yeah. And they're just, you know, they're going at it. And in the background, Ulysses has another vision. And this time, he is in this like desolate future where we see, at least I know who this is, it was Old Man Logan from a series that Marvel had done previously where the Hulk has actually taken over this kind of like desolate sandy area and his spawns are ruling everything. It's an awful like dystopia of the X-Men future. And he ultimately tells him like, hey, this all happened because Iron Man pushed her too far. So Ulysses comes back into this world and is like, we've got to get there. We've got to stop this. So all the Inhumans transport over to Capitol Hill. Carol Danvers is there. Iron Man's there. A bunch of the other Avengers are showing up. It's getting really crazy. But eventually... Captain Marvel lands the killing blow on Tony Stark. And it looks like exactly when Thanos punched Rhodey out of the War Machine suit, Captain Marvel punches Tony out of his Hulkbuster. Carol Buster. The Carol Buster. And this gets really nuts because right around that time is when the Inhumans show up with Ulysses and his power evolves again. And it seems like this galactic character shows up who we know is named Eternity. This is the deus ex machina of the whole story. Eternity shows up, tells Ulysses you've extended past the normal human life. Come live with the galactic creatures. You don't deserve to be here anymore. And he disappears, and that's it. Like, their issue is now gone. Uh, I mean, it cleared up what has to happen between Tony and Carol, except Tony is now in a coma. And Carol has to feel bad about it. You know... And so uh, Carol is given what I can only describe as a blank check by the president of the United States of America to form a brand new coalition. They're going to rebuild S.H.I.E.L.D. from the ground up. Uh, They're going to do whatever they can to stop what bad stuff happening as soon as possible. Uh, They wind up putting Captain America in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D., Uh, with some hugely expanded powers. Like, Captain America can just about do whatever he wants at this point. And uh, they're going to try and put a shield around her so that the Kree Empire, the invasion that's coming, they can't actually do it. It's kind of a a nice little, like, bookend for Carol Danvers because at the beginning of Civil War II, Rhodey had been offered the same thing. And so now this all leads into a brand new storyline that Carol doesn't have a lot to do with. 
So that brings us to the death of Iron Man, which you guys are going to find out Spoiler a alert. lot about in the next coming episodes. Uh, we are going to be covering Iron Man and going over all of his history in the next few weeks, uh, including the introduction of Riri Williams, who is one of the newer Iron Mans or Iron Heart. She had a small introduction in Civil War II. Uh, specifically, she's friends with Miles Morales, so she was helping him kind of escape. Uh, but that kind of brings us up almost to the current version of Captain Marvel. Well, there was a brief uh, six-episode series by Margaret Stoll called The Life of Captain Marvel. It was the end of her run of writing Captain Marvel, and it was a very nice, sweet storyline. This actually rewrote Carol's backstory entirely. You know, originally she received her powers whenever Jan Rog's machine exploded and it fused Captain Marvel and Carol Danvers' genetics, and that's how she got her powers. But in this short series, they actually send her back home to deal with her family members, who is not something that we've really explored too much in the comics. Yeah, it's her mom and her younger brother at right. this point, and they explore her deadbeat of a dad. Uh, and how abusive he was to the entire family, and the fact that her, her other brother was killed in the military service. So now you just have two family members left. Absolutely. And this is when we actually find out that she didn't receive her powers from this explosion that melded genetics. It was in her genes the entire time. Her mother is actually a Kree warrior that had been sent here by the intelligence you know, years and years and years ago. And the explosion was just what triggered her genes to ignite, basically, and for her Kree powers to form. And it, it's an interesting change in the source of power for Captain Marvel, for Carol Danvers. No longer are the powers given to her by a man or the explosion that grafted man and woman together. It has been woman all along. Her mother gave her these powers. And it comes it comes from a much stronger standpoint for Carol at this point. Yeah, I actually really like what they did with her story here. Uh, they end up fighting a really awesome Kree alien creature that looks like a buffed up mystique. So, you know, if you're into uh, some fun alien fighting alien story in the middle of what looks like New Jersey, you should check out this storyline. It was a lot of fun. Margaret stole the life of Captain Marvel. Check it out. And since then, they've actually started up a new series more recently. Uh, Captain Marvel is back, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I'm really, really enjoying the new comic series that's come out. It's Captain Marvel number one, written by Kelly Thompson. So if you're looking for the newest run, look for the author Thompson. And this is basically just reintroducing Carol Danvers back into the Marvel Universe. She's back from space, and she's got some stuff to take care of. And it's a great series. Um, at least the first few issues that I've read, I've really enjoyed. Um, the first issue I read, it looks like uh, they're sending her to an alternate timeline, an alternate universe. She dove through this portal at the end of the first issue. Uh, I'm interested to read the rest of it to find out what is happening to Captain Marvel now. Definitely. Absolutely. It's it's going to be a blast, man. I think especially with the new movie having come out and it being such a wide success, we're about to see a resurgence of this character in the Marvel comics. I think she's going to be a big hitter in the next four or five years. And that leads us into the today's culture, which would be really easy with today's movies, Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame. Absolutely. I mean, she's obviously a huge hitter in those movies. We don't want to spoil too much because we know there's a lot of folks out there that still haven't seen them yet. So go go watch them. There, you don't have to take our recommendation for it. Just look at the box office. It's hit billions of dollars. It's awesome. She's also a member of a bunch of animated shows, X-Men animated shows. Yeah, there was actually a really fun uh, X-Men. I want to say it was the uh, X-Men animated series where Rogue and her get their powers mixed up a little bit. And it's what <laughs> causes some amnesia. And it, it was fun. And video games. Yeah, she's in a bunch of video 
video games, um, especially as Miss Marvel, uh, because I think that's when a lot of the Ultimate Alliance games were coming out was pre Captain Marvel transition. Well, sure, and those video, a lot of the video games were made before she became Captain Marvel right. as well. Uh, it's only recently, I think, twenty twelve, that she has been Captain Marvel. Absolutely, and even then, since she's become Captain Marvel, she's kind of gotten a whole recruitment of her own. I mean, there's still a Miss Marvel. It's kind of like a Captain Marvel Jr. almost. I mean, they, there's always going to be a bunch of the Marvel family, no matter if we're talking DC or Marvel. And it's easy to introduce new characters, and it's a lot of fun to explore new storylines. Absolutely. So that brings us to today's question. Adam, I hope you are ready for this. What's that question, Wes? So we have started reading a lot about Aliens yeah, over lot. this entire yeah. season so far. Alien, Superman, Green Lantern, Alf. You just got tons of aliens, <laughs> especially in today's pop culture. You got Predator and Aliens versus Predator. And Shoot, a bunch of people this. are about the Storm Area 51. Right, and we're going to find out about real aliens at that yeah. point. I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll have already happened, so hopefully it'll, it's not it'll the it'll massacre Now be called the massacre of Area <laughs> Anyway, we're going to completely ignore that one and go on to... We've read a lot about aliens. And a lot of times, aliens either give humans powers or humans develop powers from the aliens or some, or we, we think they're human, but they're actually alien. And so they have these superpowers because they're on Earth. It's fun how like sometimes it's just like, oh, you're an alien, so your planet must have better gravity than ours. So here, you're really powerful. It's heavier. So <laughs> and now you'll never lighter. get used to it. Yeah. And your muscles don't atrophy or anything. Anyway, what power would you choose from an alien race if you could obtain it? If you have listened to this podcast and you don't immediately think Green Lantern, then you've not paid any attention to me <laughs> at all. I mean, this is a no-brainer for me. Like, if a ring showed up right now, you think I would be recording anymore? No. So you want the, <laughs> the alien ring? It's the ultimate power ring. I mean, all you got to do is have willpower and imagination. You can have anything you want. What's the saying again when you charge up the ring? Oh, in brightest day and darkest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might fear my power, Green Lantern's light. Uh, and yeah. I didn't have to look that no, up. <laughs> uh, and look at that. Look at that. He's floating. I see him floating over yes. his chair. It's insane. What about you, Wes? You got to tell me. All of these aliens. You've, you've gotten some ideas now, surely. <laughs> We've talked about it a little bit. I wanted to say Alf at first. Uh, his superpower is being uh, able to eat cats. <laughs> <laughs> Alf. That's a that's a little gruesome. Are you gonna grow the hair too? Well, obviously, and all the over. nose. I mean, I'm not I'm not far off anyway, right? <laughs> uh, or you know, the easy one is Superman. I mean, you get all these powers, oh, but that's just a cheap by, out. Just because you're in front of a yellow sun instead of a different one. But man, uh, see, I was trying to go deeper, dive into it. What would you want? What can you do? I just want to fly. That's it. Man, I'd be happy to fly because I hate driving. You can do that with a Green Lantern ring. Cool. Then I want a Green Lantern ring. <laughs> or I could be from uh, Superman's planet. Or I could, I don't know, all of them seem to get a flight at some point. That's true. I don't. There aren't too many superheroes that aren't able to fly at one point in another. Laser eyes. Love laser eyes. I feel like the, the practical use of laser eyes, though. Yeah. I mean, no, fly. I want to be able to fly. Fly? Like just, just let me fly. That's perfect. I love it. I hate driving so much. I got to say, out of all of the alien powers that people have gotten just because they're from like another I don't know, universe, uh, the weirdest one has been Animal Man for me. Like the fact that he thought aliens gave him the power to uh, use other animals' powers for such a long time. Because he could connect to the red. Yeah. I don't know. That one is really weird to me. Like, I'm just thinking over all, all of these alien superpowers we've read, that one seems the strangest. 
and he could connect two animals of any planet as long as it's yeah. nearby. Sure. Yeah. No, well, I just want to fly. Fly is a good one. I like fly. Yeah. Well, that is Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. Hopefully, this wasn't too terribly confusing. It definitely wasn't too terribly long, at least. No, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of Carol Danvers to read, unfortunately. She's a great character, so maybe with this movie popularity, we'll see some more of her. Hey, 10 years from now, we could do another episode and cover everything that Kelly Thompson has done and anybody who picked up the line after her, so that should be a lot of fun. Put it on your calendars, folks. Thank you very much. I'm Wes. And I'm Adam, and we'll see you next week for Iron Man. Woohoo! Absolutely. So that brings us to today's question. Adam, I hope you're ready for this. What you got? Slam me. Don't slam me. Fucking slam that question on the table, bitch. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was a little over. That's okay. What's that question, Wes? <laughs>